Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 222, covering The Sound of Her Voice and Tears of the Prophets with Nathan Lajeunesse. Hello, friends. Uh, we brought Nate along with us this time. Nate, were you here last season? I think you were crazy busy with school, and it's been a while. Yes. I think, yeah. So but I'm here back. now. Yes. yes, and it is great to have you back. Welcome back. Isn't it? Yes, Old. just in time for horrible tragedy. Yeah. What? Followed by horrible tragedy. Yeah. But this is a comedy show. Well, this is a comedy show, but the show we're covering is not. Yeah. Good choice. Guys. See, because this show was on a long time ago, so it is tragedy plus time, so now it's comedy. Oh, that makes <laughs> right. sense. Yeah, that is the equation, I think. See, it could be worse, though, because last week the tragedy was just that the episodes were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this week the episodes are good, they're just sad. But people like it when we suffer. <laughs> true, true. That is Suffering the, yep. is comedy. Mm -hmm. I, apparently so. Plus time? <laughs> no, we you have don't any need time. time. No. <laughs> So tragedy falling in a time hole equals Molly. Oh. <laughs> See, all I've got is some rosemary. Like, oh, I've got parsley. Sage. Well, we'll see. All right, well we then, yeah. All it. we need is the time. So yes. start being tragical. All right. Well, it's time <laughs> for Nate to read his summary. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! You know what? I'm. We're this episode's done. We're... Nope, nope. <laughs> I've decided that my segues are all going to be dad jokes from now on. Oh. <laughs> So enjoy that. Well, you Your are old enough to the start mail. the inevitable transformation. I'm. I. I have. I have decided to never have children, but that does not mean that I can't make dad jokes. I think you get assigned one. Oh, what a child! Yes. Yeah. All right. It's Anyhow. been mailed to you. Well, that's fine. All you got to do is put it in water, and it'll eventually grow into a baby, or, or possibly crystals. I'm not sure. Or many gremlins. Oh uh, yeah. In any case, Nate. <laughs> a distress call comes through from a maroon Starfleet officer, but trying to have a chat with her proves difficult. Eventually, O'Brien makes an audio connection with her, and we are assaulted audibly with a personable character. Rather than assigning a trained counselor to speak with the incrementally dying woman, the main characters do a round robin of constant exposition with her, highlighting every highlighting that everyone is miserable and sad, and that the dry the dying stranded person seems to be the most okay. She doesn't sleep or need to find food or anything, apparently, she just likes to talk. Inexplicably, most of the main characters decide to go rescue her on the Defiant, but they're not going to get there in time to save her. It's a race against the clock. Meanwhile, Quark has allowed Jake to job shadow him on a heist, while Odo is distracted with being in love like a huge loser. Jake's doing research for his novel. Quark arranges for his illegal friend to come and visit, while Odo is off on a one-month-aversary dinner that Quark actually told him he should do. His plan is foiled when Odo changes the date. Quark laments that his poor planning is sure to end with Odo delightedly jailing him to... Jailing him? I, what did I write? <laughs> ah, yes. He, he laments to Jake that Odo will be delighted by jailing him while they're in a cargo bay together, but what he doesn't realize is that Odo is eavesdropping as a puddle while he pours out his heart about having a big crush on him while Odo doesn't even know that he's alive. <laughs> so rather than stopping a crime, 
Odo the soft-hearted lets Quark do a crime, and Quark can't believe his luck. Anyhow, back to Lisa, the dying person. The Defiant full of main characters develop personal relationships with the increasingly coughing endearment, I mean person. And when they finally arrive at her cave, it's just in the nick of time. They find her healthy and alive and playing in a meadow with puppies. The end. Oh, wait, I read that wrong. She actually died a zillion years ago. But the planet magic, I mean science, warped time and let them comfort her during her last days, which happened a zillion years ago. And they have a wake for her, and everyone confesses that they value friendship and communication. Aw. Aw. Right? Uh -huh. This episode could have this episode could have had puppies in it and didn't. Now I want to watch that episode. <laughs> Has an episode ever had puppies? Uh, yes. Well, there really? was that there was that episode of Next Gen where the 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 Q chick uh made a bunch of puppies. Oh yeah, that's right. And we learned that Picard has also never played with puppies. Right, but I'm talking about DS9. Is <laughs> yeah, you're right. There might not have been any any puppies on DS9. DS9 is too depressing for puppies. <laughs> but has there even like been any cats? Don't yeah, no, Chief yes, O'Brien yes, has a cat. Chief O'Brien got a cat this season, and Keiko was super, super passive-aggressive about it last week. Hmm. Be a real shame if it fell down a well. <laughs> yeah, let's let's take that with us on a picnic and leave it there. <laughs> oh, rude. She I sure am glad I didn't watch those episodes, because you guys said they were so shitty. They were. They terrible. sure were. That's what <laughs> we're here for, to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> we took the bullet that is uh, Prophet and Lace. And, and uh, Time's Orphan. Time's Orphan, that's the other Profit and Orphans. Yep. <laughs> orphan and Lace. Lace Orphans. And They're cops. <laughs> orphan and Lace. Oh my god, that's kind of cool sounding. Yeah, I, I know, that's what I'm saying. It does sound very, <laughs> like, late 80s, early 90s cop show. Yep. <laughs> but, talking about this show... Damn it, Orphan, I'm one day from retirement. <laughs> Why don't Lace. we talk about this show? It's sad. Lace, I don't approve of your methods. <laughs> Damn it, you get results. <laughs> All right, Nate, why don't you tell us a good thing? Um, well, I actually like the moral of the story. It was, I had a big problem with the, how, this, how this episode played out, but um, what that allowed them to do was at the end just say what the moral was, <laughs> which is like... Um, having friends is nice and especially if you're having hard times that you have friends that you could talk to and you should tell them that you care about them because one day they're not going to be there not foreshadowing one day they're going to be a skeleton yeah <laughs> like our friend lisa that we knew for like 10 minutes yep well they talked to her for like three days non-stop yep <laughs> like literally non-stop she wouldn't shut up it even no they did at cisco one time yep. they all pretty much bonded with her except Worf, who's like i do not care to meet a dead woman <laughs> well, we only followed O'Brien and Cisco and Bashir. I don't know if other people were talking to her or like what the deal was. Yeah. Like I think for the for the purposes of the episode for, you know, being clear they only wanted to follow a few characters, but I'm mm. curious if a bunch <clears throat> more people talked to her. I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. Who's going to be the busiest on the ship? Why don't we have them talk to some random dying lady instead of having a counselor? <laughs> Yeah, let's see. We're in a war where the ship could fall apart at any minute and lots of people are hurt. So let's have the chief engineer, the doctor, and the captain. <laughs> Talking to a random lady. She's not random. She's a Starfleet captain. That's, I got nothing going on. I'll talk to her. you know how many Starfleet captains there are? Um, no, I don't, actually. Do you? Me neither, no. But I'm going to say there are a dime a dozen because that makes a point for me. There's 60, <laughs> there are 64. 
No, you're wrong. <laughs> Matthew. There's yes. more there's more ships than that in those giant ship porn uh shots. Which some of those cool. are some of those are captained by lieutenants. <laughs> but no, but whoever's in charge of a ship is called a captain regardless of their rank. Right, but there are 64 ranked captains. No, that's definitely not true because yeah. then there's also guys on space stations like uh, Cisco. Yeah, but they're mostly commanders. No, they're not. They're you know, captains. if you keep if you keep uh defeating my the stuff I make up with facts, it's just going to make me li- make up more elaborate things. <laughs> Look, I, I'm, I'm for that. I'm, I'm doing the opposite of uh, yes and. I'm doing no but. <laughs> I thought that was like part of like the handbook that we got. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> adversarial improv. Yeah. <laughs> no uh, but. Matt, what was, what was your good thing? Um, probably mentioned this before, but um, I could watch young adult Jake spending time with Quark all day. <laughs> I really like the way they play off of each other. Jake is exactly the type of kid who would see Quark tending his bar, think that's a that's a criminal person. Nefarious is the word he. Yes, uses. he actually calls him nefarious in the episode. It's to just... his face. Yeah, and Quark just rolls his eyes and says, "Nobody actually thinks they're nefarious, idiot." There is totally an age that I was that was like twenty, where it was like that guy's dangerous. That guy is not dangerous. No. <laughs> The thing is, Quark does get up to some seedy stuff. He absolutely yeah. does, but he's the least dangerous, dangerous person on the station. Oh, right. You I know? Mean, he's, he's, a so- he's got a soft, gooey center at this point. Yeah, exactly. So what is that called? Blue-collar crime? White-collar crime? White-collar no, crime is when you do, like, uh, like, like embezzlement and yeah. like, stuff like that's that. That's the one. Yeah. I guess Quark's there's a little of that, white-collar crime, despite no. the color of his collars. No, he does actual, like, smuggling and stuff. It's kind of white collar. No, white collar is my understanding is it's all on paper. It's all like there's uh, no actual physical like you're not breaking stuff or stealing stuff. It's all like tax fraud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. moving numbers around and that kind of. Thing. I'm sure he does that, but yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he also like he has a crate full of I don't know little crowns. What were they? <laughs> they yeah, were crowns. crystal crowns for tiny people. Yes, he was shipping them to a Nausicaan. <laughs> Who wanted to deck himself out in thousands upon thousands of tiny crowns. No, I'm pretty sure he just wanted to play Domjot. He wanted to be a magic crystal kid. <laughs> no, yeah, I, Seeing them hang out it is fun. Yeah, and I, I, I also think Quark is exactly the type of guy who's going to see this kid who used to hang out with his nephew, who's mm-hmm. now an adult who has, who has taken an interest in him and is going to spend all of his time going, you're so cool. Yep. <laughs> well, also, I honestly, throughout the entire episode, thought Quark was fucking with him. Yeah, me too. I thought he was deliberately feeding him misinformation just as, yeah, this is what criminals get up to. Eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then there was a point where I thought that um, he was actually going to end up making Jake a mule or something. Yeah. Just because his plans him, went awry. Yeah, exactly. Here. Make him the scapegoat. And then Cisco comes back home and like, what did you do? <laughs> oh, man, I'm in jail. Sorry, Dad. Well, yeah, because his dad's be like, not there to oh. bail him out. Yeah. Poor misunderstood kid got snowed by a Ferengi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because his dad's like three days into the Beta Quadrant rescuing this this like remotely stranded captain. So three yep. days there, three days back. Jake could be in jail for a week. Yeah, uh, it was six days. Oh, I thought I thought it was three days there and three days back. Is it six oh. days there? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Okay, so yeah. Jake could be in jail for like two weeks. <laughs> I could totally see Jake going. I got my best writing done while I was in the slammer. <laughs> Prison changed me, Dad. <laughs> you were basically being babysat by Odo for two weeks. Why do you I know have a... for I know for a fact he treated you amazingly well. Why do you have a teardrop tattoo? 
These are the people. That's the people I killed in the joint. He won an arm wrestling contest, and the prize was a free tattoo. And they uh. let him win. <laughs> no, it was it was a cute subplot. I I did enjoy that, and yeah. it's nice to you know we we make jokes because uh, Sierra Clofton does not appear in this episode, so it's nice to see Jake actually there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, my good thing, I like how weird Captain Cusack is, uh, Lisa. She's funny and interesting, but she's also a little sort of odd. Yep. Nate, Nate used the word dork. That's about right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At one point, she's like, she, the, the, the big act break was, um, oh, no, oh, something's yeah. coming for me. And then they come back from commercial. I ate her. Well, I like that it was just because she wasn't getting enough attention yeah, from yeah. the person who she's been talking to for, like, hours upon hours. No, Bashir's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, He's that's trying nice. to work. Uh-huh. Yeah, whatever yep. you say. And it was just it was so dorky. I really liked it. I, and we always, the guest stars of the week are usually just kind of forgettable. And yeah. we don't even see her. They put so much work into giving her all these little nuances, and that makes her feel like a real person and not just like a, you know. Mm-hmm. someone who's gonna never be there again mm-hmm. i like that yeah but that was required for this plot to actually work which oh yeah for you sometimes to... frequently it doesn't it'll That's just true. fall flat but because that she was really fleshed out and there mm-hmm. was a lot of talking um by the end of it i at the beginning they started and and they were like here's a character for you to love and it's like oh come on seriously <laughs> but then by the end it's like oh i hope that we can get there in time i like her yeah. So you were you were kind of like uh, Julian then, like, Ugh, I don't want to talk to this woman. I don't care about her. Oh, well, all right. She's kind of interesting, I guess. But then when Nate briefly I thought know. she had been eaten, yeah. <laughs> so he turned around on the whole thing. Yep. <laughs> that was actually my bad thing, is like how how they were trying real hard to make her endearing. Mm-hmm. But, um, and like the way that they did it, it was just like, blah 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 it's like because you couldn't show anything because it was people talking to a disembodied voice right which like that was the plot so really in a visual storytelling medium probably not a good story to choose i don't know it's just a different kind of story i liked it because there wasn't a lot of action it was mostly guys talking and Mm -hmm. i don't know i like i Mm. i don't want every episode to be like that but every now and then it's nice to do one yeah yeah I think I think it's a good sort of run into uh, well we're ending the season next week so let's sort of do yeah, a let's quiet epi- let's do a quiet on. episode and sort of show where our guys are right now which is not really in a great place mm-hmm. no O'Brien's really not dealing with this war nearly as well as he did when he was a young man in the previous war and I used to be really good at war and now I'm not good at war at all he didn't and... have people to worry about that he liked that's yeah. true or loved like he wasn't married with kids at that point either so yeah. There's that was that. back when I didn't have any friends. Married with kids and his husband, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> He's double married. Yeah. But Julian's also married to Garrick. It's very confusing. Yes. It's a web. You should actually chart it. Yep. It's not confusing when love is there. No. What? <laughs> it's actually kind of beautiful. <laughs> no, Matt, that's literally more confusing. Is it? All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All these people in love, running around, loving each other, having kids. It's kind of beautiful. Just with anyone. Yeah. Well, having, you know. Having kids, eating lunch. Whatever. <laughs> eating breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and living happily forever and ever. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Literally happens that way all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All the time. You didn't mm-hmm. see the next episode, did you? Shh. Shh. 
Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? Um, Ben's problems with having Cassidy around seemed a little out of nowhere for me. Um, mm-hmm. like, uh, the, honestly, the whole subplot didn't do anything for me, but that's because, you know, it's Cassidy. She has, she once again hasn't been around for, like, two months, so it reintroducing her and trying to make her seem important just never seems to work. Uh, I think a lot of that is her. Like, I, I've said this before, I don't think she's up to the caliber of actor that everyone else is. Like, I just don't. She she's nowhere near as good as he is for for that is for one damn thing. true. But also as good as just about everyone else on that show. Mm, no, she's definitely the odd man out in terms of uh, acting ability on this show. Yeah, and that that's part of it too. She just she doesn't carry herself in a way that like I feel like Cisco should be with her. You know what but I mean? Like it mm-hmm. just this is just one more example of her showing up and just because she's dating Ben, it, she has to be important. Yeah. And she, it doesn't feel like the the show's put in enough work with her being around to, um, you know, to set well, that up. Like, there's all through the last, ever since they got married, we've had all these great Jedzia and Worf episodes, and none mm-hmm. or or not even episodes, just moments, right? Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if the episodes about them or not. We can see them, you know, being in love. We believe that that relationship, but we only ever see Cassidy when she's supposed to be important to the plot. So, mm, like, well, it's just like she shows up again. The The real-life reason for that is because she was on another TV show. She was on the Larry Sanders show at this point, and she couldn't break away from that too often. But mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. reason is she's a uh, freighter captain, and she's away a lot, and mm-hmm. so they just don't see each other that much. Yeah, so. but I mean, they don't even Skype each other, okay? Yeah. I, we don't know that. Uh, they, we would see it if we were supposed to know it. That's how TV works. Well, okay. Or they would just give it an info dump. Yeah. Yeah. That's also how TV works. I mean, <laughs> even just to like, oh, I talked to Cassidy yesterday. She's fine. Yeah. That's what I mean. Just keep, like, you got to keep the character around if she's going to be important. And as the main character. about her at all. Yeah. As the, like, as the main character's girlfriend, she, ostensibly, is very important. Well, especially since she, like,. She's really his first, like, major relationship after his dead wife, who mm-hmm. was hanging heavy over the character for, like, three or four years. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was that a big part saw. of his character. Can I can I ever get back to normal, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Um, not, when, not when you're God to a planet full of people, Ben. Oh. <laughs> I don't He's know. He's got I, a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked that he was uncomfortable with her on the ship. And the thing is, we've never seen her on the Defiant before, so it's never come up before. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really out of nowhere. It's like, this is the first time this has happened. This is weird. Worlds are colliding. It's like <laughs> it's like your mom coming with you to school. It's like, this is this is weird. This is home and school are different things. Go, go away, mom. This is oh, weird. Stop watching me work. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be a professional in front of my crew, and you keep calling me schnookums. <laughs> <laughs> well, Picard had that. With uh, in Q? I think it was Cupid. Oh yeah. With Vosh, we're just oh, going yeah. around talking and all this lovey-dovey stuff about the captain, and they're all just like, "Uh, what?" Hey, muffin. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm not. I'm not your muffin. I'm the captain of the Enterprise. I'm Captain Picard. <laughs> That's how you know. Yep. Hello. Um, Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the, the USS, USS Enterprise. Death break. <laughs> Speaking of breaks. Yes. Oh. My bad thing were the act breaks in this episode. That wasn't a dad joke. It's legal. No. Yes. Uh, they were really clumsy because there, because it was such a quiet episode, because there wasn't a lot of danger, they would often sort of make danger up so that they could fade out at, with a dramatic close-up. Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to get there in time. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah, we knew that already. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was the one. It was funny the one time when when Captain Cusack was like, uh, "Oh no," you know, and then she, "Ah, oh, she's dead." Like that was <laughs> that was funny. But oh no, ah, oh, my most of me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was you know, Harold. it most of the time it's like the 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 formula of of the way television works is every act break has to be like a big dramatic moment and there weren't some like they didn't have them every time no it was just people talking and then it's like oh no tune in never mind to see what happens let's let's restate the premise that the audience already knows dun 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 meanwhile meanwhile on deep space nine cisco and friends race race towards a dying captain brought to you by subway brought to you by quiznos Oh, yes, of course. How could I forget? Brought to you by Subway versus Quiznos. And Amanda Riker is a murderer. Tune in after the break. (laughs) Quiznos, because they know how to toast something. Um, I would argue that. Let's not have that discussion in public. All right. (laughs) I just just want that sweet sponsorship, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get me some of that Quizno money. Yep. Oh, and would you like a refreshing Pepsi Cola to go with? Why, I would like a uh, a cherry Pepsi with real sugar, thank you. <laughs> Apropos of nothing, this week's episode of the Post-Atomic Horror is brought to you by Squarespace. Yes, Squarespace! <laughs> Wait, I thought we were doing the fleshlight. <laughs> Boy, did I put my dick in the wrong place. <laughs> can, you put, can you put a round peg in a Squarespace? <laughs> That is, that is, I'm uncomfortable with you knowing that detail about me, even though, like, it is, it is a pretty accurate guess. You didn't know it's not square. Oh my god. So. Star Trek. Odo's bar stools are uh, apparently a health code violation. I, 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 so, we opened the episode with uh, Quark. Getting chewed out by Odo because his bar stools don't have uh, have uh, what is it backs on them? The I guess backs on them. It's yeah. a safety violation. Yeah, and I just love I just love that this is like a just a regular thing Odo does. Like oh, I haven't screwed with Quark in a while. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, um, you need to have backs on your bar stools, so you're gonna want to replace those. Otherwise, Morn could fall off, and he pushes Morn to the floor. See, <laughs> look at that. He could have died again. <laughs> my favorite i loved how he, he's like it's perfectly safe it's fine look he can spin and he just spins morn on the chair and he whizzes around to... for the rest of the scene just they're having this perfectly this perfectly reasonable conversation and right next to them is just morn's face going whoa 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 <laughs> and you just know the guy inside the morn mask is like oh i hope i don't vomit this thing doesn't actually have a mouth hole <laughs> oh god please no yet it just fills with his vomit. Ah! Uh, what else? <laughs> um, let's see. Filled with vomit. That's good. I'm glad we hit yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Odo, Odo turned into a barrel at one point, which, sorry, it's just another type of cup. <laughs> I'm very proud that he can now be a large cup. But it's still just a cup. Yep. You've come a long way, Odo. Oh, the Defiant now has shuttle pods. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which we've never seen before. But they're cute. They are. <laughs> but um, that's it. I it's like that a one. Russian nesting doll. It goes from the, sh- the station. Yeah, there's a little defiant the... in there, and then another one in there, and then <laughs> so on. I was, um, yep. 
I was very pleased to see confirmation that Cisco still fucking hates Julian. Oh, he absolutely does. Yep. <laughs> that was like an awkward conversation. I liked that. Like, Cassidy says, uh, there, was, there was a time when he wouldn't shut up. He says, I like this better. Just kidding. No, you're not. The <laughs> like... smile on his face, though, is, like, golden. Yep. I'm yep. kidding. <laughs> no. No, you're not. <laughs> we and, and then at the end of the episode, we cut to the wake, right? And Julian has this little moment where he's talking about, oh, it's nice to have friends who love each other. And I know times are tough sometimes, but, uh, you know, we've all grown together. And you just see Ben in the background going, shut up. No one <laughs> likes you. Well, O'Brien Aww. likes him. It's true. I don't O'Brien like was him. the only one that was like, you're good. Yeah, keep going, honey. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture Ben in the background. Boo! <laughs> Boo! You're not funny! Oh, Shut up, Julian! Get off the stage! Is that Cassidy? Cisco? No. Cassidy, have you seen my okay. big, my, my big oversized hook? That's <laughs> <laughs> when I performed at the Apollo that one time. <laughs> <laughs> at the wake, the, I like the speech at the wake. I mean, first of all, I was confused as to why they were having a wake. Rather than like a memorial. Well, I thought it was because O'Brien uh, uh, organized the thing, and he's mm. Irish, and that's an Irish tradition. And it's yeah. perfectly logical now that that you have mentioned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that that's the reason. That's just my guess. Well, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense because O'Brien was the one that felt closest to her because he was yeah. spying on her for. And and they a did actually say beforehand. Irish wake. Yeah. yeah. Also, he's not spying. She's on an open channel giving a distress call. That's not exactly private information. <laughs> I just know that if I had an open, like an open, what is that, broadcast, like 24 hours a day, people would hear some shit that probably they shouldn't. Okay, but that's your fault, not theirs. You're putting the signal out there. They're listening to your distress call trying to save you. Okay, fine. Maybe it's on me. It's on me that was uncomfortable, okay? I'll I'll take that. All I know is is that if I was on an open channel like that, you would hear a lot of singing. (laughs) Like a lot. (laughs) Well, they probably couldn't get the rights. Probably the off-camera stuff is her singing a lot. Oh, right. <laughs> um, Let's anyway, hear it I, for I the loser. <laughs> I have a point about the wake. The wake itself was a mm-hmm. little speechification at the end, and that was part of what my good thing was. Was um, okay. um, O'Brien talking about friends and how it's nice to be able to talk to people when you're having tough times, and that's actually what my quote is. Ah, well, let's hear that. But you are also my friends, and I want my friends in my life. Because someday we're going to wake up. We're going to find that someone is missing from this circle. That was nice. And nice. yeah, well, uh, it's kind of like my life motto is that if you like your friends, you should tell them how much you enjoy their company and stuff. Oh, are you going nice to cry? For that to like be represented in the media, you know. I suppose. I don't know. It's 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 show don't tell like you just said. Like, I know, see? You just and... show them talking to their friends instead of saying they need to talk to their friends. Well, they showed by telling when O'Brien was like <laughs> lying in that bed talking to the person who has no visual presence. All right. Right, right, right. No, I didn't follow that logic at all. Well, I believe him. They showed by telling. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, that's what this, is, this what this show was about. There was no way to show because we couldn't see her. Fair enough. Wasn't there a Doctor Who episode that did a similar story to this? Not not a ripoff, but just a similar, like, uh, they were receiving transmissions from people who were already dead or something like that? Oh, yeah. 
I could swear that they did that. Yeah, I think I think that happened. I can't remember exactly yeah. the specifics. And there's Doctor Who people it. screaming at this podcast right now, and I'm sorry, but uh, I'm, I'm not just... sorry. Oh, I am. <laughs> we should be better than that. This is, we, yeah. we should have asked the Gavs first. <laughs> we should have done this podcast and then asked the Gavs and then gone back and done the podcast. Yes. Which, after we had asked them all the questions about the podcast that we just yeah. did. Right. So first, we need to find a planet with that um, field of time changing. Yep. Oh man, please don't make us go to a time hole. Oh, we have to go to the Beta Quadrant. That place is uh... weird. The place smells funny. <laughs> it's like everyone smoked too much there. Yes, I'm smoked too much. Mister smoked too much. <laughs> All right. Have we anything else? Um, the holodeck outfit costumes were super cute because they were 20s style and Oda looked really good in his suit. Yeah, he did. Oh, I love you 20s, Kira. Kira's almost hair as, looked super cool. Almost okay. as much as I love regular Kira. <laughs> did they come out with a 20s Kira action figure? Uh, not that I ever saw. No, because they, 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 they usually did the holodeck variants for everything ever. Yep. Really? Would it come, with a, would it come with a bottle of wine and a phaser shooting a beam? <laughs> yep. And Odo's bucket. Yep. <laughs> I never had any Star Trek toys. Yeah, Playmates put out action figures, and particularly for the next-gen ones, I don't think the DS9 ones were as popular. Every time somebody dressed up in a costume for the holodeck, they made a variant yep. action figure for them. <laughs> That's adorable. There's like, what, there's... Why do you think they made Fistful of Datas? Just to make Data action figures. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's see. There's Data in his gangster outfit from the Dixon Hill episode. There's mm. Data in his Sherlock Holmes costume. And there's Fistful of Datas, and I think there's another one. I would actually really like to own uh, a date in a Sherlock Holmes costume. Yeah. <laughs> I have to keep an eye open for that. I I mean, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure there was one with him in a deerstalker with a little pipe and everything. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I remember seeing the toys, but I never, I could never afford any. Oh. Uh, poor, well, you were me. a tiny child as well, so. Yes. Well, that's when you're supposed to get all the toys. Well, you didn't cry to your parents enough. They didn't have money for toys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's sad. I can't make a snarky joke about no, that. Sorry, my parents were poor. Oh, <laughs> also I had no video games, guys. Pity oh. me. Oh, 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 oh. That makes me cry. Oh, yeah. don't cry. You I have didn't, friends. I, did, I didn't need action figures when I had my Nintendo. It's also why I didn't need friends when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was twenty when the show was on, so I just bought them with my money. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Rub salt in the wounds. Okay. <laughs> oh my Here wounds you go. <laughs> all right let's now press forward to tears of the prophets what do we say i believe you'll find it's tears of the prophets now <laughs> i believe you'll find do your damn summary thanks to look it up for an old deep space nine cisco's been awarded the christopher pike two beeps for victory medal for retaking <laughs> the station Worf and Jadzir trying to have a horrible baby and the federation is preparing to launch an attack on cardassia just as ben's been saying it's a truly great, wonderful, perfect time for everyone. Speaking of Cardassia, Damar and Wayun are very excitedly discussing Damar's automated defense drones, when who should stroll in but everybody's favorite insane person, Dukat? A few months of planning, a word which here means insane troll ramblings, and some studying of the ancient Bajoran texts, has given Dukat a wonderfully awful idea. You see, what stopped the last Dominion invasion? Why, that would be the timely intervention of the prophets. Well, the solution seems simple enough then, doesn't it? Let's kill God! <laughs> Gul Dukat, 
the only Trek villain ever to attempt deicide. Anyone want to tell me why Khan keeps winning those top Trek villain lists? Nakat cracks open a Paw Wraith action figure, which looks suspiciously like a Cardassian, and then gets crammed full of evil devil energy. Back on the station, most of the crew have taken the Defiant to end easily the largest collection of ship porn to ever appear on Star Trek to invade Cardassia. There's a masser... <coughs> excuse me. Wow. There's a massive boner-inducing ship battle, if you're into that sort of thing, which I absolutely am. And back on the station, Dax stops by the Bajoran Shrine to say a quick prayer for her and Worf's hideous baby when Dukat, possessed by Satan, arrives and force-murders her to death. As far as main character deaths go, it's still better than being chucked at a rock by Armas, but, uh, you know, it's about a six. Dukat allows the Paw Wraith to infect the Bajoran Orb, blackening it, blackening it and changing it into a bizarre sphere shape. Something is clearly wrong here. This, in turn, forces the wormhole to vanish and spreads the infection across all the other orbs. God, I can already hear Kaiwen getting into her shuttle. <laughs> At the Battle of Cardassia, Ben crumbles on the bridge as he feels the prophets disappear, and Kira takes command, eventually winning the battle. Everyone's feeling pretty alright until Julian calls with the bad news about Jadzia. The Defiant races home just in time for Dax to die. Well, Wormhole is gone, and with it any protection the Prophets might have provided. One of our main cast has been brutally murdered, and Sisko has returned to Earth to figure out what the hell he's even doing anymore. Things are looking pretty down on old Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Season 6, everybody. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this show. Yep. So this episode was amazing. The show was. The show does season finales like no other show did, I think, mm -hmm. and because it's never it never ends on a cliffhanger exactly. There's there's unresolved stuff, but it's always just like there's a very definite end to the story. It's just yeah. like oh fuck, what next? Mm -hmm. But it's not like dun dun dun. What's gonna happen in the next minute? It's like okay, but now what? <laughs> it's certainly no fire. Wait, don't fire. Yeah. No, I, I just, I like it because it's a very different vibe than, like, Next Gen tried to go for the big dramatic, like, you know, tense moment that would then be followed up with another tense moment. Yes. Whereas this show just kind of leaves you with a new status quo, and then you're just like, oh, shit, what does well, this mean? But it's mm. so, it, like, it's so, oh, my God, what happens next? Yep. <laughs> it's like, like they there's... actually have a good story going on, and you want to yeah. keep experiencing it. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. It's like that that the last shot of this episode is uh, is Cisco back at his dad's place scrubbing what could be potatoes, rocks, <laughs> clams or possibly oysters. Well, it's definitely not oysters. It's totally not oysters. <laughs> no. Stop trying to make oysters happen. No. <laughs> oysters are like up in Maryland where I used to live. They're not down in New Orleans where Cisco is. All right. Well, if anyone knows what what kind of shelled crustacean lives in New Orleans or potato. Yeah, or rock. <laughs> ben, where are you? I'm out back scrubbing rocks, Dad. Until I <laughs> until I know what to do about my dead best friend. I wish fact... stop polishing those rocks, Ben. And the fact that the gods I started believing in don't exist anymore, and not like actual gods don't exist, like they went away because the devil could possess the guy I hate. What the fuck is happening to my life? And they told me not to go, and I went. It's my fault. Oh, yeah. God. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's my good thing. What's that? <laughs> Is that um, he, the, the um, what's, I don't even know who that guy was. The award-giving guy. The name oh, of the uh, Admiral, Admiral Ross. That's yeah. the one. 
He um he was like, you have to choose whether you want to be a good starship captain or you want to be the the emissary. Yep. And so he chooses. And, and, and he, he chose, chose poorly. Wrong. <laughs> yep. He chose wrong. Uh-huh. Yep. And now everything's totally fucked. Because, like, usually his, um, he, his MO is like, I'm going to do what I want and it's going to be the right thing because I'm an intelligent person who makes good decisions. And mm. if somebody's telling me that I can't do something, but I feel like I can, I could be both. I could be a starship captain in the emissary. It's worked so far. And... And usually he, he figures out a way to make it happen. But yep. this time he did not. No, the Admiral said, you have, you must choose. Yeah. And that's I've talked about this a lot where I love the, the sort of mythological aspect of things where like, like it's very clear. He's been given a very clear sign, don't do this. And he ignored it for, for valid reasons, but he ignored it. Yeah, because they wouldn't tell him why, so he couldn't logically like... Well, okay, I guess I'll stay home if this yeah, but, is Yeah, but happen. I'm saying it, it, it still feels like classic mythology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels like yeah. you were given a clear warning. You might not have been given the reasons, but you were still told, don't do this. Well, and you did it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not like God has to tell you why not to do the well, thing. It's like, you just it's, listen to it. It's like when you're a toddler <laughs> and your parents tell you not to touch the stove. You might not be able to intellectualize it, but it's a good idea not to touch the stove. <laughs> Screw you, Al. I'm a stove cat now. <laughs> right? Matt, what was your good thing? I remember when I first watched this episode, uh, please excuse my dog freaking out in the background, by the way. Um, I remember when I first watched this episode years and years ago, and I thought it was incredibly stupid uh, that Gul Dukat got possessed by the devil. Um, I just want to tell you guys how delighted I am that Dukat's big plan for revenge now is to murder the Bajoran's gods. Like, it's just this massive idea that no one else in Trek would ever think of, but it's so perfect like that entire episode uh when him and uh cisco were marooned on that rock yep. fake marooned mm. and you get sit or uh, you get ducats like oh no wait i hate the majoran people i'm gonna kill them all well you know what's like what a great way to start that would be killing their gods with yep. evil magic mm. it's amazing I mean, I'm still not crazy about the evil magic thing. I still don't like that we're imposing morality and that there are evil prophets and blah, 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 whatever. But the fact is that exists. I so, mean, look, you know. look, I could do without him shooting fireballs at people. But, you know, I <laughs> talked about that the last time the Paw Wraiths showed up. Yeah. Um, no, the fact is they're here and they're not going anywhere. And without spoiling anything specific, they will be involved in plots in season seven. So we're just going to have to suck it up mm. and deal with it. So there you go. <laughs> But it's uh, I I don't know I like uh, I like it too like I like mm-hmm. I like that he's totally devoted to the destruction of the Bajoran people and the destruction of Cisco. He doesn't really give a fuck about the Dominion or you know capturing the Alpha Quadrant or anything. Like he tells nope. Wayun and Damar that to get what he wants. But yeah, he knew full well that this wasn't going to help them. Yeah, yeah no, I, I love I, that. It's they, all they... about his revenge, and that's it. He calls them up later, and they're like, "That thing you did didn't help at all. We can't yeah. now. We can't get any reinforcements from the Gamma Quadrant." He's like, "Yeah, I, know yeah. yeah I, f- I figured that would probably happen." Yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was a definite calculated risk. Oh yeah, what did you calculate it to? A hundred percent. Well, I thought about it, and then I realized I didn't give a shit, and I did it anyway. Yeah, I, no, I don't think he even thought about it. <laughs> He's just like, I need this thing to do the thing that I want, and so if I, I tell, tell these this. people, it'll yeah. help them, mm-hmm. but not give them any details. Well, he is a Cardassian. He's always thinking like five steps ahead and six lies ahead. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but from 
every other Cardassian too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what he's I mean. Such an, he's such a complicated character. That's what. That is why I love him so much. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, there's been they've spent six full seasons making him complicated. Yeah. So that now he can just be transparently straight up two dimensional evil. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's okay because you know there's so much complexity and so much motivation there that he can just be a mustache twirling miahaha I'm going to rule the universe guy. Well, it's yeah. like he's th- he's thrown all that stuff away now just in t- because he now he just wants to kill everybody. He doesn't mm. have plans anymore. He just has Right, but if he showed up and he was like this at first, it would be terrible. Oh no, that yeah, would yeah. suck. He yeah. would be, he would have just he would be the most awful like one-note villain of all, but the fact that he's gone on this journey and arrived here mm. makes it totally different. Well, that's the thing. Every villain could be have like this amazing backstory, but if it, it doesn't, you don't experience it in the story, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So somebody they just came into a... this episode and they were like, "Who the hell is this guy? He's just like killing." What a ridiculous character! Well, I mean, you you can't you can't criticize a serialized show for telling a serialized story. No, that's that, what I'm no. saying. Don't yeah. don't come into this in the middle. No, or, or if you do, you're gonna expect that you missed something. That's mm. just, that's how it goes. Who's mm. that guy? Why is everyone upset about that person being dead? What's going on? Uh, also, <laughs> why are of, you here? Speaking of who's that guy, the guest star credits went on for twice <laughs> as long as like literally every extended character except I think uh, Kai Win. Yep, right. Like Ugh. everybody, like like uh, Nog I'm, and Dukat. My way, and child. And, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Marta. General Martok, thank you. Yep. How did you know which guy I was thinking of? There's like 30 guys. I'm always thinking of General Martok. Fair enough. It's fair. It's I don't fair. think we've had you on talking about him before. I assume you love him. I do, of course. Have you Given... seen his eye? No, you yep. haven't. No. It's missing, isn't it? Neither is he because he doesn't have an eye to look at it with. <laughs> no, I, cool. I mean, I assume since you love Klingons, you love him. He is the most Klingon Klingon. He is. Mm. Who's more Klingon than he? Mm. Okay, no. I had to think about it, okay? There's a lot of Klingons. That's fine. I'm I'm asking. I'm not I'm not c- confronting you. I'm asking who's more Klingon. I'm just feeling really attacked right now. <laughs> I came here to have fun and It's not like I stabbed your eye. <laughs> Jeez. Don't stab Nate's eye. <laughs> so my good thing. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> that last scene between Worf and Dax was one of the best scenes they ever had. Mm-hmm. I think you mean the worst? No. Uh, are you, yeah. Now, now, are you talking about their last scene together? Or oh, no, no, no. I, sorry, I don't mean the last scene when he, when she died. I mean okay. the last scene when they like when he leaves for, on the Defiant and she stays behind. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, why that, would as you, far as that's it, not what that word means. What last Al? No, I know, I know. <laughs> I was incorrect. Their last non-tragic scene. There you go. Well, it's tragic when you know what happens. The scene where they're saying goodbye to each other is what I It's really freaking cute. It is, and it's it's sort of the culmination of, like, Worf's really been changing for her in a good way, like, yes. becoming more accepting of her stuff. growing as a person. Yeah, and, and this is sort of the culmination of them just being kind of cute and not sickeningly so, just like... Like, look at him. He's smiling. He smiles so rarely. It's so nice. He's so happy. Time to and snatch that love. away. Yeah, this is this, this following Whedon's first rule here. Like, yep. <laughs> you must show them at the peak of their love just yep. before you the bottom drops out. Yep. That's, just, that's how it goes. That's uh, called good storytelling. I, well, yes, I know. Heart-wrenching. But many of us came came to be aware of that principle through the works of Joss Whedon. He certainly didn't invent it. 
No. Did he write Star Trek? No. Oh, God, if only I would No, but Buffy was on by that. this point, so. <laughs> Maybe Armin, they were watching it. Because they were. Because yeah. there was a there was a reference to it in the uh in Far Beyond the Stars. There uh there was a note on Armin Shimmerman's character's desk that said uh, cheerleader fighting vampires never happen or something Actually? like that. Actually? Yes. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well he was on this and Buffy at the same time. Yeah. You don't say. It's Do true. Tell. No. <laughs> I'm really? telling you now. Listen, oh my goodness! If you now meet I'm his friend attacked. the mayor, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, I just I I think that they, we were at peak Worf and Dax toward the end of the season. You could tell it was in the last, planned. Yeah, you could tell the last few episodes of the season they knew she was leaving because they've oh. been laying the Bashir and Quark are still in love with her thing on pretty thick. Oh my goodness! So because <laughs> next season again, not to spoil specific plot points, but next season those two are going to miss her really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the reason they've been setting this up is to, so that it doesn't seem like out of nowhere when she's dead. But really, what? let's talk about that. She's dead. She is gone. Yep. She, Jadzia Dax is no more. She's gone on to Becker. Mm. Dax is not dead. No, Dax is not dead. No, they specifically say the, uh, the Dax. Uh, Julian yeah. was able to save the Dax symbiote, but right. uh, yes. Jadzia is very most sincerely dead. Yeah. And I I really like that. Julian has to do special DNA mumbo jumbo to help them have a kid because mm-hmm. all these different alien races should not automatically just be able to have kids. Sometimes they need a little help. And there's From been science. Some ex- there's been some extended universe stuff about uh, Sarek and Spock's mother Amanda having Spock like through those same means. Like oh really? That Vulcans can't just fuck humans and have a baby. Like there has to be a little more to it than that. And I That's cute. I, I like that it's sort of canon now that, yeah, some aliens need a little help. Yeah. Aw. You so. know, some humans need a little help, too. Well, Aww. right, exactly. Aw. 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 Why are we saying aw? Because Aww. it's cute. Aw. Is it? Yeah, when know. people want to have babies and then they can, it's cute. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, if they want some. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I was waiting for that. <laughs> so, I don't ever want kids, but I can allow for the fact that people do, and I can sympathize and feel happy for them. I will allow children to continue to exist. sometimes they want to have babies with aliens, and that's all right, too. Yep. Yep. Totally fine. Aw. Let's go Aww. find some aliens. Mm. Well, you, are you proposing some kind of trek? <laughs> to the stars? Honestly, I... You guys, how awesome would it be if the if proof of uh, intelligent life in space broke on this podcast? <laughs> We're coming to you from Swift. Grover's Corners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate, what was your bad thing? Um, Worf was sad. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. It's awful. It's your two favorite things. It's Worf and people crying. No, I have to pretend that it's bad. Oh, okay. So people don't know that it's the greatest thing when the sleep boys are crying. He did his, he did his awesome uh, death, death His roar. mourning wail. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Morph, not good with people he's in love with. So Klingon. Yeah. No, I don't know. I like I like the death wail from before, and I love just nice bit of continuity. They don't explain it. It's just yeah. like, look. It just happens. Look, yeah. you've watched this show before. You know what's up. Like, he's got to yell now. That's a thing. Yeah. I just, the, um, they never they don't insult our intelligence by saying, oh, of course, the traditional Klingon death like, no. <laughs> Oh, my God. I would have, like, punched my screen. No, but seriously, a lesser show would do that. I know. Isn't it so terrible? Yep. Every show except Star Trek. 
Every so show except Star Trek awful. Deep Space Nine, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Next Gen would have done that. Yes, it would. It probably did. <laughs> it has nothing to do with how bad the show was. It has everything to do with the fact that they weren't allowed to serialize. They, yeah, they, that's, that's They had that's to assume every episode was somebody's first, and, mm-hmm. you know. So, anyway. Matt, what about you? What was your bet? Um, okay. This is incredibly petty, but fuck it. <laughs> so Sometimes we do that on this show. Yeah, so... A couple of dudes in the big meeting with the Klingons and the Romulans are still wearing their <laughs> TNG-era Starfleet uniforms. Really, guys? It's been like two years since we all changed over. Where the hell have you been? And your answer had better be stuck in a time hole. <laughs> well, like, time holes are just around everywhere. Yeah, yep. you're always tripping over them, falling into other times. Well, here's the time hole. <laughs> Learning to steal balls. I guess. You make a nest of balls. <laughs> You really missed out last week, Nate, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hmm, I don't know what is happening here. Well, what but... happened was there was a big, giant reset button at the end, so it didn't happen anyway. Oh, yep. good. So, oh, so uh, I'm right where I was. Yeah, you missed yep. nothing. Good. You didn't yeah. get to watch Molly be a cave girl and then not. Good. Oh, hooray. <laughs> you know what I like? About... No repercussions. Well, wait, never mind. Not going to say it. Keeping an open mind. (laughs) My bad thing for this episode. In that same scene Matt's talking about. (laughs) It's just a nightmarish scene. That fucking Jesus ruined the whole episode. (laughs) No, it was great. There was a Romulan there who was just so super Romulan. Oh, he was great. So fucking smug and just great voice. Great little smirk. I love him picking at Martok so yep. much. He just he wants him to he wants him to like fly across the table and try to punch him. He wants it so bad. What's yeah, because the then he could like comment on what a savage monster he is. And Look at it; it's trying on to think. The barely people. Yeah. I, I love. It's like, it's, see, I told you it was amusing to keep to keep a Klingon around. Every card, every Romulan zoo should have at least two. Yep. Isn't no, that it's... like that's like bit mustache twirly but that is some people am- are like that no no that the, is some amazing space racism but yeah. the but the the klingons and the romulans are both like that like martok says the same thing about the romulans like yeah you know from his perspective like to cisco in private yeah yeah the only difference is he tries to keep his shit under control in the in the meeting well i'm not gonna Wait do it minute. while we're talking i'm not i'm not a terrible diplomat yeah. right <laughs> How that's, is the Klingon more diplomatic than the Romulan? Because Martok is awesome. Yep. Hell yes. That's but anyway, in, in that scene, mm. uh, Cisco gives this little speech to the combined Romulan-Klingon Starfleet forces in which he uses humans to represent the entire Federation. He's like, Because, of course. We all have a vested interest in this. Klingons, Romulans, humans. And, the and most important race. The Trills <laughs> and the Vulcans and the Bolians and everybody else are like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> It's just one Vulcan in the back. I was using human as a word for everyone. I mean, I, we're all part humans, Jed aren't we? Right? Like, Jed Z is like, what the fuck, man? Aren't we all becoming more human every day? Don't no. you guys think that? <laughs> you know, Ben, this is the one Trek show where we outnumber you. Yeah. <laughs> or at least they're evenly matched. I think mm-hmm. we counted at one point. Yeah, we did. I think it's like six to six or something like that. Huh. But it, it was just surprisingly short-sighted of him. He's usually mm. better than that. And and yeah, like like you say, Matt, it's hard to uh actually all three of us kinda copped out on our bad things, I would say. It's a really what? good no. fucking episode. Yeah. Super valid. This it this show does sense. season finale so good. Yeah. yeah, it does. Um let's see what else. Um As I mentioned in my summary, uh 
Ben receives the uh, Pike Memorial Medal of Honor for uh, for uh, his retaking of Deep Space Nine. Oh, it's a Medal of It is also my quote. To Captain Benjamin Lafayette Sisko, in recognition of your remarkable leadership and meritorious conduct against the enemy, and in particular for personal acts of bravery displayed during the battle to retake Deep Space Nine, Starfleet Command is proud to present you the Christopher Pike Medal of Honor. Congratulations, Ben. Thank you, Admiral. I was just, I was so, pr- I was so proud of him. Yep. You know. Well, they do. It's that. this nice little ceremony. His, his son's there. He's yep. talking about how great you fought really hard and you won the station back, Ben. Good for you. I'm like, oh. Yeah, but he did that like a year ago. So he's getting a medal for it. Good for him. Mm-hmm. It's bureaucracy, okay? Things take time. Fair it's been enough. in the mail for a long time, too. <laughs> FedEx lost it. Oh. Admiral Ross has been in the mail for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Out for sh- delivery. What does that mean? <laughs> they ship a crate with air holes in the station. <laughs> we left it on your doorstep. Meanwhile, some, like, Bajoran couple is like, what is this box? <laughs> fucking, fucking Quark found it and just like, oh, a package for me, I guess. <laughs> Uh, Nate was, uh, Nate, Nate hasn't, uh, had the chance to completely follow along all season, so you, mm. you haven't, uh, been recently re-indoctrinated to the school of, uh, Vic Fontaine. Yes. So you're just like, oh, when is the singing gonna be over? Well, when you have a character that sings in a show that is not a musical, mm-hmm. you open from the commercial with him singing a song, and he finishes it after a couple of phrases. You yes. get the point. He sang. We stopped. We can move on with the story. No, but Vic no. does entire he, songs every time. Mm-hmm. He like does a set in the middle yeah. of the show, and what a bunch of crap. Yep, I agree. Matt mm-hmm. does not. I no, mean, it's a I, fine um... song. I just was not in the mood for some singing. Yeah, no, it was, it's we're understandable. At war. It was a cute little scene where Bashir and, and Quark are getting drunk and thinking about how, well, Worf and Dax are having a kid, so they're definitely serious about this whole marriage thing, I guess. Well, <laughs> they're going to be together and happy forever. Yeah, because people who have kids never break up. No, of course not. <laughs> um, This is Star Trek. <laughs> That's true. Shh. Nobody has kids, you're right. <laughs> Just Bever. O'Brien. Yep. And he killed a guy. <laughs> Oh yeah, and 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 O'Brien, and Cisco. but that's it. Oh, and and Worf. All right, I guess. fine, fine. <laughs> I'm wrong. I was mostly thinking of the next gen crew, where only one person had a kid, and they except for Worf. So eh, Worf doesn't count. <laughs> Worf's not exactly a father, Nate. <laughs> he had a kid. It is technically true. He, he did mate a with a woman. That is yep. true. And and make offspring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of, Data had a kid for a while. Too. Okay, and so did Troy. All right, <laughs> fine. <laughs> I'm completely wrong. Hi, I'm wrong, Algar Watt. <laughs> oh my god. That is terrible. That I'm is gonna start calling you Matt Wrong Oh shit. <laughs> it's nothing less than I deserve. That's true. Uh what else? Uh those those uh Cardassian drone things were cool. Yeah, they were. What? I got the feeling they uh they saw they saw the uh, self replicating mines that Rom didn't said get me that yeah well, let's just we... make a bunch of little weapon platforms well we could but uh, this is better no I like it and I like that their plan was to figure out where the power source was and <laughs> trick the uh, the things into shooting at their own power source yeah that was good that was that was a nice uh... 
I like any time people win a war by tricking someone. Yep. They wow. didn't or in this trick case, something. someone. They they made some robots shoot at a different thing. They yeah. made robots shoot at their battery. Yeah, I'll call that a trick. <laughs> yeah, but that's not tricking someone. No, it's tricking something. Yes. Oh, robots the are next someone? Best thing. <laughs> these ones aren't. Saying? Yes, that is what I'm saying. All if right. it was data, it would be someone, but these aren't. Fair enough. They all have a data in them. Right. Oh. Now they're all dead. That Look, if, sad. Just if like Vic, real data. If Vic Fontaine can be self-aware, so can those things. <laughs> they're like, hey guys, uh, we're just, uh, Let's hear it for here. the losers. What's going on? <laughs> hey, buddy. Why were we programmed to kill? <laughs> <laughs> Why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> I like that instead of, you know, getting another ship and putting it at that planet, they decided to build an entire network of drones. Well, the idea then is that they can deploy their limited fleet, which they can't replenish right now, oh. somewhere else. Well, how did they get the drones? I Drone know. store. Yeah. Uh, just had them lying around. Radio Shack. Yeah. <laughs> just whip them up out of scrap metal. Yeah. It was, I Hello. guess that's why they were so easy to defeat. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> Hello, Radio Shack. This is Wayun. <laughs> I love when when Demar's explaining how they work. Wayun, like it's they sound kind of nasty, and Wayun goes, "I like them." Mm-hmm. This really sort of sinister tone to his voice, like that sounds nasty. Yeah, Wayun's uh, getting yes. into this whole war thing. Yeah. He wasn't into it at first, but it's he's gonna, really starting to enjoy it. It's gonna <laughs> kill our enemies dead. This makes me happy. Yeah, mm. I like that. I also really like that uh, Cisco takes his baseball with him, which means he doesn't intend to come back. Yeah, it's He's a real. Sure. <laughs> you mentioned this a couple of times. It's a really, um, it's a really cool sort of callback to last season's finale. Yeah, where he where he made it clear to Ducat, I'm, I'm I will back. be back. It's like mm-hmm. at this point, he's just like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Yep, the baseball also... is a metaphor. No, and it's it's great to leave your protagonist, who's always had all the answers, mm. completely just in the dark. Like just, he's yeah, he's lost his best friend. He's lost his you know the the prophets. Mm. Like he doesn't know what the fuck to do now. Yeah, mm. and it's great. I mean, it's horrible. I like that instead of like keeping him there with all the other characters in the show. Like frequently they'll have somebody who's confused. They just kind of wander around and be out of sorts. But mm-hmm. he's actually just like, I need to figure this out. So they, like, would do what a person would do. I need yeah. to go somewhere else and figure this out, and then I'll come back when I figure it out. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, back in the day when I saw this, like, when it first aired, I thought that was a little contrived. I thought, like, well, of course he's coming back. That's a weird way to end it. But but looking at it now, I was like, no, that, that feels right. Because mm-hmm. you would want to leave and clear your head and go somewhere yeah. else. And his, you know, he can at least go to his dad who loves him. Like, mm-hmm. that's a place he can go. Well, I think yeah. cutting cutting him off from his friends to like his remaining friends is like a huge negative thing for him too. You know, like I don't know, I, like like I'm not. I, saying... I don't like I, this is always this is different for everyone, but like I feel like with a big loss like that, the thing you should be doing the most is being with the other people who are experiencing that loss. But uh, yeah, but I don't it's know. It's different when you're their boss. That is true. I don't know that anyone else there is really his friend nearly yeah. the way Jadzia was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely true. Like, he likes most of them, not Bashir, but most of them. <laughs> well, I would say he's gotten pretty close with, like, O'Brien and uh, Kira. 
Yeah, but it's like a it's like a just really close working friendship relationship. Right. They're not like they're not going to go on a vacation together. Uh, I don't know. On the other hand, he has taken them to baseball games in the Hollow mm. Suite and he has made dinner for them. Yeah. Yeah, but you do that. This has always been my thing. Cisco isn't the um it, he, Cisco's not Picard in like the sort of I don't, you know, I don't spend time with you guys. He right. is he is close with his crew. Like Right. What like one of the big reasons that uh, Eddington's betrayal hit him so hard was that he became close to that guy. Yep. Mm. You know, I could definitely see him like these are his these these are people he you know certainly aren't his best friend Jadzia who is dead. That's the thing. He doesn't still... have anybody else he can he can confide in in that yeah. same way. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like who, if if it had happened to anyone else, he could have turned to Jadzia, but yeah, he lost her, and yeah, oh, what now, Jesus. But also the profits, like that's a big loss too. Like, well, yeah, and we've spent this entire season building up how he is a yeah. He's like, accepted his role now. Yes, like he's he is he has, you know, he believes he's the emissary now. Yeah, and the Bajoran people all look to him to keep things under control, and now it's not, and he mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do. There's a great moment where a little Bajoran kid basically comes up to him and says, "Say it ain't so, emissary." Yeah, you're gonna fix this, right? Uh, hmm. I, gonna, well, right. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck off back to Earth, which is like fixing this. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I don't know how. And you guys uh, are still rebuilding from the occupation, so you're all too poor to follow me. So long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, emissary smoke bomb. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else? Um. Oh God. Mm-mm. Um. There's a great. Uh, getting back to the uh, uh, Damar and uh, Wayun. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a great scene just after they've uh, Ducat's gone off to go uh, kill the prophets or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're talking about uh, Wayun's got this great thing where he's like oh, this superstitious Bajorans, and Damar goes, <laughs> "Well, how is that different from you and the the founders? You treat them like gods." And uh, Wayun goes, "Well, that's different. They are gods." Yep. <laughs> How to define religion. Yeah, that's really fascinating. No, 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 that's different. Our gods are real. Yeah. (laughs) Stupid. Yeah, duh. (laughs) Come on, dummy. All right, anything else? I thought, I've actually, I've been thinking about this for a bit, because we never get any mention of the Cardassians having any kind of religion, which, I mean, makes sense, because, you know, neither does Starfleet or anything. I sort of built this theory that the Cardassians just started worshipping themselves. (laughs) (laughs) That, that it, could isn't be. Isn't that, like, the point? <laughs> yeah, it, I think, kind of, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. I think they worship the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I can The see government. That. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the central authority. Mm. That is who they worship. Their, their government is their god. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got sort of... The concept of the government is sort of bigger than, like... You know, Dukat was in charge for a fairly long time, but, like, it never felt like he was, like, the king of them or anything. Right. I, I I just I the government seems like its own sort of separate entity. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always kind of liked about them is they're they're scary bureaucrat people. Oh shit! I and just talked myself into being perfectly. really fascinated by this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. Unless All right. unless there's any further business. Uh, I think yeah, I think that's everything. Well, that wraps it up for Season 6, so next mm-hmm. week we're doing a supplemental. If you would like to write to us, we would be happy to answer your questions, comments, what have you. It is postatomichorror at Gmail. Or, we now have a Facebook thing. Uh, <laughs> whatever. I don't care. No, it's... it's. <laughs> this is a really good pitch. Keep going. 
there's a there's a reason for this. It's because we're going to be doing local events soon, as we have alluded to, and it's really much easier to promote local stuff with like invitations and stuff like that. So that's why we set it up. It's it's facebook.com/algarproductions. Mm -hmm. It's a page that I set up for this show and a couple other podcasts that uh, that I run both with Matt and without. Um, so check that out, and if you want to send us uh, questions there, you can do that also. Nate, do you have anything you would like to tell the people about? Uh, kind of... Go look on my website. It's NathanLajeunesse.com. Tell me that it's pretty and that I'm good. Yes, do that thing. <laughs> now, Matt, say your catchphrase. This episode of the Post-Atomic Horror was brought to you by Warby Parker. Yes, Warby Parker. <laughs> Mail order glasses. I can't put my dick in that. See you, folks. <laughs> The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. <laughs> <laughs>